This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about Halloween pet dangers. We'll be right back after these messages. Let's talk about how to accessorize your pet's life. If you're celebrating an upcoming birthday or adoption day for your four-legged friend, deck out your party with new Molly and Bandit pet party accessories. This is a great line of party products that are designed specifically for your dog or cat. They're wearables for your pups, including adjustable party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The photo prop kits include funny glasses and hats. So this will be perfect if your pet is popular on Instagram. Check out all the great pet party products again at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Life Radio. Today, we're going to be talking about Halloween pet dangers. Now, most of these dangers are going to be 90% for you dog owners out there, but there are still some poisons that we worry about in cats. And now that autumn is officially here, we do need to talk about some of these dangers. Now, the first one I always worry about, especially in dogs, is chocolate. Now, most of the time, everyone is going to have chocolate, those little mini bars right by the front door to get ready for Halloween. And I'm going to tell you, when it comes to chocolate, most pet owners actually overhype the dangers of chocolate. This is good, but I'm going to tell you, if your dog eats one or two mini chocolate bars, it's not going to be a big deal. And the main reason why is because remember with chocolate poisoning, it's the amount of real chocolate in the candy. What's actually poisonous in chocolate is something called a methylxanthine. It's theobromine and caffeine. Again, this isn't an issue for humans, but dogs seem to gorge when they eat chocolate and they eat pounds and pounds of chocolate. And so the more theobromine that's in chocolate, the more dangerous it's going to be to your pet. Now, when you bake a pan of brownies, there's so little true cocoa or chocolate in there. There's a lot of flour and filler and flavors. So honestly, even if a dog eats a whole pot of brownies, again, it's less likely to be an issue if it's a big dog. Now, don't get me wrong. When it comes to any kind of poisoning, it's always the dose that makes the poison. And so I always tell people when it comes to chocolate, the darker and the more bitter the chocolate, the more dangerous it is. So again, big pan of brownies, that's not gonna have too much theobromine. Same exact thing with one or two chocolate chips in a chocolate chip cookie. I don't worry about that. You don't need to go to your vet for that. When in doubt, if you're not sure, call the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center at 888-426-4435 because they can actually calculate the amount of chocolate in whatever your dog or cat ingested and see if you even need to go to the ER vet to begin with. So again, you always wanna call your veterinarian, your emergency veterinarian, or the ASPCA for life-saving advice if you're not sure. 
Now, I will say when it comes to theobromine, when we see clinical signs of poisoning in dogs, it typically results in three main types of symptoms. The first one are what we call neurologic signs. So they're agitated, they're panting, their heart is racing, and they may actually have some gastrointestinal signs like vomiting and diarrhea. Now, the more that your dog ingests, the more side effects that we can see. So the most life-threatening side effect I can see is actually cardiac side effects. And this includes a really racing heart, a really elevated heart rate, hypertension or high blood pressure, and even heart arrhythmias. That's a fancy way of saying that your dog or your cat has an abnormal heart rhythm. With really large ingestions, we can also see pancreatitis, and this is inflammation of the pancreas. That's the organ that breaks down fat, and we've done a previous ER vet episode on that, so definitely make sure to check that out. With really severe poisonings, we can actually see more profound central nervous system signs or neurologic signs, and so this is going to include things like tremors, seizures, or rarely death. Now, I've treated thousands of chocolate poisoning dogs in my life and only a handful of cats. So again, this is more of a dog danger, but I'm gonna tell you the sooner you find out your dog got into it, the sooner we can treat it, the less danger to your dog or your cat, and the cheaper it's gonna be at the ER vet. Again, if it's one or two chocolate chips, one or two little mini chocolate bars from your child's Halloween stash, not gonna be a big deal, but we always wanna calculate it to see if it's gonna be an issue. And again, keep in mind that with chocolate, it's the darker and the more bitter the chocolate, the more dangerous it is. So if you have a neighbor who's giving away 80% cocoa dark chocolate bars, that's gonna be a lot more poisonous versus a neighbor that's giving out white chocolate. I'll fill you in on a little secret. There's very little chocolate or theobromine in white chocolate. So your average Labrador that's about 70, 80 pounds needs to eat about 100 plus pounds of white chocolate to get theobromine or chocolate poisoning. That said, they can still get really severe pancreatitis. They can get severe vomiting, diarrhea from all that butter and fat but they're not gonna get chocolate poisoning. That's different from that same 70 to 80 pound Labrador that gets into just a few ounces of Baker's chocolate or even semi-sweet chocolate chips. That's gonna be a lot more dangerous. Now, if you go to the ASPCA app, they actually have a free chocolate calculator in there so you can see if your dog was poisoned by it. Or again, when in doubt, call your veterinarian, your emergency veterinarian, or the ASPCA for life-saving advice. Now. How do we treat chocolate poisoning? Thankfully, chocolate stays in the stomach for a really long time. And I've seen dogs keep it in their stomach for up to four to six hours out, especially when they ingest a massive amount. So if you notice your dog just got into the whole Halloween stash, contact your vet or just go straight to your veterinarian where we can induce vomiting. Now in dogs, sometimes I'll actually teach owners over the phone how to induce vomiting with hydrogen peroxide. That's usually the 3% first aid grade. If you have a cat that got into something poisonous, you never ever induce vomiting in cats at home. There is nothing safe you can give to a cat at home to make them vomit. You just have to get to a veterinarian. But for a dog, if they recently got into something poisonous, you always wanna confirm if it's appropriate or correct to induce vomiting. And then we can most of the time safely do it with hydrogen peroxide. Now, I will say when we induce vomiting in dogs with chocolate, 
that's the one time that chocolate vomit actually smells good to a veterinarian. But you have to be careful. If your dog's already showing signs, they're already agitated, they're already vomiting, they already have a racing heart rate, we do not induce vomiting when your dog's already showing symptoms. So again, when in doubt, call your ER vet to be safe. If your dog happens to vomit up a huge amount of chocolate, even at my veterinary clinic, most of the time what I'll do next is I'll give them an anti-vomiting medication so they stop vomiting, and then I'll follow that up with a dose of activated charcoal. Now, you can only get activated charcoal from your veterinarian. There are different types of charcoal tablets that are available, and there are a few companies that will sell activated charcoal to pet owners, but in general, the charcoal that you buy as a tablet isn't effective when it comes to poisonings. So most of the time, your vet's gonna give one large dose of charcoal to help bind the poison from the stomach and intestines. If your dog get into a really high dose of theobromine, and again, we're gonna calculate this out, depending on the quote milligram per kilogram dose that they got into, we're gonna decide whether or not we need to hospitalize your dog for 12 to 24 hours on IV fluids. Most of the time, I become concerned when a dog eats more than 20 milligrams per kilogram of theobromine. That's gonna result in signs of agitation, vomiting, and diarrhea. When it's 40 milligrams per kilogram, that's when I'm gonna see those cardiac side effects. And again, super dangerous when it's greater than 60 milligrams per kilogram. That's when we can see seizures or even tremors from that chocolate. Now, once I've induced emesis or vomiting in your dog, once I've given them activated charcoal, if they do need to be hospitalized, most of the time I'm checking their blood pressure, their heart rate, and I'm actually treating them with IV fluids to help with the elimination of the poison from the body. The next thing I'm gonna do is I oftentimes will use a sedative. These sedatives are really important because dogs get really, really agitated from the side effects of theobromine and chocolate. Oftentimes, I'll have to reach for a cardiac medication called a beta blocker, and this is gonna slow down the heart rate. In fact, a lot of humans with hypertension are on this medication. So sometimes we'll have to hospitalize a dog to treat them with antiarrhythmia medication, and thankfully, after 24 hours, most dogs go home. Chocolate is rarely fatal, and thankfully, there's a really good treatment for it. But to be on the safe side, it's always better to avoid that chocolate poisoning to begin with. Make sure to keep that chocolate out of reach of both your child and your dog so they don't gorge and get poisoned by it. We'll continue with this really important Halloween topic right after these messages. We'd like to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Pretty Litter. A bag of Pretty Litter weighs four pounds and it's really lightweight. Most litter weighs between 20 to 40 pounds. It's also long lasting. One bag of Pretty Litter lasts an entire month for one cat. It's also got built-in health monitoring. It keeps tabs on your cat's health by changing color if it detects potential health issues. For example, pretty litter may turn green or blue if it notices a high urinary pH, which can lead to bladder crystals and stone formation. If pretty litter turns purple or red, it may indicate that there's blood in there. And this can oftentimes be a sign of bladder stones, crystals, bladder inflammation, or even a urinary tract infection. If you notice an unusual color, when in doubt, Consult with your veterinarian to find out what's going on. We'll want to get a sterile urine sample, but it could be a helpful indicator by keeping tab on your cat's health. Pretty Litter also has microcrystals that absorb the urine and odor, so it's got amazing odor control. Also, it's easy maintenance. All you have to do is scoop the poop. No more clumping. 
Pretty Litter is delivered straight to your door every month with free shipping. So it's hassle-free and convenient. Go to prettylittercats.com slash ervet and use the promo code ervet for 20% off your first subscription order. We're talking about Halloween pet dangers. We've already talked about chocolate. The next poison I wanted to talk about, those bad neighbors who give out those boring boxes of raisins. Boo. No child likes getting raisins. I'm sorry. We want chocolate and candy instead. But if you happen to have a neighbor that's giving away raisins and your dog or your cat accidentally get into the raisins, we do become worried about secondary poisoning. Raisins and grapes are from the vitis species. And so anything from the vitis species can actually cause acute kidney injury when dogs eat it. There is no toxic dose when it comes to grapes and raisins. What does that mean? Well, I used to pill my own family dog, his medication in a green grape every single day of his life, and he never had an issue with it. But we didn't actually discover that grapes and raisins were poisonous to dogs until 2001. What we were seeing was that some dogs would get into a small amount of raisins, some dogs would get into a huge amount of raisins, and it was really variable on which dog was going to go into acute kidney injury from it. We still don't know the exact poison cause of why it's poisonous to dogs. I will say we're not 100% positive if it's poisonous to cats or not, but it's always best to keep grapes and raisins away from dogs and cats. Now, unfortunately, signs of raisin poisoning aren't really obvious unless your dog is already in acute kidney failure. So some of the signs are going to be not eating, having a painful abdomen, vomiting, not wanting to drink, having bad breath, having abnormal urination, or even thirst if they're drinking a lot or urinating a lot. If they're lethargic, you want to get to a veterinarian right away. And like I mentioned with chocolate poisoning, with any type of poison, remember the sooner you get to the vet, i.e. within an hour of your dog or cat eating something poisonous, the sooner we can treat it, the less damage it's going to cause to your dog or cat, and the cheaper it's going to be at the ER vet. So always consult your vet your ER vet, or the ASPCA if you think your pet got into something poisonous. Most of the time, we don't actually see increases in kidney blood tests until about 24 to 48 hours later. So if your dog gets into that box of raisins, please make sure to contact your veterinarian because we will actually teach you how to induce vomiting at home if it was recently ingested. What's the treatment if your dog happens to get into raisins or grapes? Same exact treatment, honestly, as most other poisons, it's going to be giving a dose of activated charcoal, giving an anti-vomiting medication once we've already induced vomiting. The next thing is we usually get blood work to make sure that your dog's kidney values are okay. And we measure kidney values on two main tests, something called BUN and creatinine. Normal creatinine is one, at least in the United States. Normal BUN is approximately 15 to 25. With kidney failure, even if the creatinine goes from one to two, that's kidney failure. So if your dog comes in with really elevated BUN or creatinine, we have to treat it aggressively. In fact, I generally recommend that you be referred to a 24-hour facility or specialty clinic to treat it aggressively because the sooner we can treat it, the faster we can get those kidney poisons down, the better the prognosis. Ultimately, most dogs have to be hospitalized for about 24 hours when they get into raisins. We always make sure to check the blood work 24 hours later to make sure those kidney values are normal. And if they are, 
most pets can go home that day. But to be on the safe side, I always have them recheck at their veterinarian for one more blood test at about 36 to 48 hours later, because I want to make sure those kidney values are still normal. So word of advice, please don't give away raisins during Halloween. No kids like raisins. They want chocolate or candy instead. But if your dog does get into raisins, make sure to seek veterinary attention immediately. Because again, this one can be really dangerous and there's no known toxic dose and it can cause really severe injury to the kidneys. It can really cause those kidneys to shut down. The third poison I worry about, and this is a cat poison. Now, when it comes to autumn, people love filling their house with the smell of pumpkin and spice and cinnamon. So if you're using plug-in air fresheners, those are actually really safe. But what's dangerous, especially if you have cats, are liquid potpourri. And this is the type where you melt the potpourri over a simmer candle, or you plug it in and it heats up and there's a liquid on top. This is different from your typical Glade or Air Whip types of plug-in air fresheners. Whenever there's a liquid that you're heating up, that typically contains what we call liquid potpourri or high concentration essential oils. Cats are so curious. They see that liquid. They know it smells interesting. So they go over and take a few licks of that pumpkin or cinnamon flavored liquid. And unfortunately, it causes corrosive burns in the mouth and it can happen really quickly. So if you have a cat, I never want any kind of liquid potpourri in the household. If your cat takes one or two licks, it can result in severe signs of drooling, mouth pain, even ulcers in the mouth. You may notice that your cat starts pawing at the mouth. In severe cases, it can actually cause difficulty breathing, lethargy, or even lung and liver failure. So if you have a cat-friendly house, absolutely no liquid potpourri. That's one we definitely want to keep out of reach. The next poison I wanted to talk about is also a cat poison. Thankfully, most dogs don't chew on these things, but cats are so curious, they like to chew on your children's costume when they contain glow sticks or glow jewelry. Now, sometimes parents will put glow jewelry on their children, so it lights up when you pop it together, and it's usually a little plastic bracelet. And most parents will do that so we can see cars or, you know, your children are lit up as part of their costume or just for safety away from cars at night when they're trick-or-treating. Unfortunately, cats love chewing into these things, and they are actually poisonous at home. Cats like to chew into these things, and unfortunately, the chemical inside that causes the glowing is really, really bitter. Thankfully, it's not too poisonous, but because of its really bad, bitter taste, it's also going to result in severe drooling, oral pain, not eating, or even vomiting. Thankfully, with glow sticks or glow jewelry, if your cat chews into one, this one you can treat at home. You don't even need to go to your veterinarian unless your cat's showing more severe signs. What I like to do is I like to just offer something really tasty, so canned tuna in water or even chicken broth, a little bit of milk or yogurt, something that your cat will like and that's liquid that will help flush that taste out of their mouth. The next thing I like to do is I turn off the lights. And I know that sounds weird, but remember, cats are such fastidious groomers. They like to stay clean, so they're always gonna groom themselves. And if they happen to get some of this chemical from the glow sticks or glow jewelry, if they get it on their fur, they're gonna groom it off and lick it off and to start developing those signs of oral pain and drooling. So after I've given my cat something tasty to drink, I will turn off the light 
look for the presence of any kind of glowing liquid on my cat, and then I'll remove it. So how are we gonna remove it? Well, you cat owners know most cats don't like taking baths. So you can simply just get a warm terry cloth and wipe it off really well. If it's all over your cat, you might need to bathe your cat. And the safest thing to bathe your cat with is a liquid dish soap that you use to wash dishes in the sink. So something like Dawn dish soap. It's a degreasing soap and it'll help get some of this oily chemical off your cat's fur. So with glow sticks, this one you can treat at home. You wanna flush the taste out of your cat's mouth with something tasty, bathe your cat or wipe off that remaining liquid off their fur. And thankfully, this poison isn't gonna be too, too dangerous. The next poison I wanted to talk about are sugarless sweets. Now, if you have one of those neighbors who's giving away sugar-free candy or even chewable gums or mints, you always wanna make sure that it doesn't contain the ingredient xylitol. And I know xylitol sounds weird. If you ever see it in the ingredient list, you always wanna make sure to keep it away from dogs. It's spelled X-Y-L-I-T-O-L. And it's actually a natural sugar-free sweetener. It's found in a ton of different gums and mints. Some people will bake with 100% xylitol. It's found even in dental floss or mouthwash. It's in large amounts in toothpaste. And so I always tell people, if you have a neighbor who's giving away sugar-free candy, you wanna make sure it doesn't have this ingredient in it. Thankfully, all the other types of artificial sugar-free sweeteners out there do not cause an issue. So malitol, sorbitol, truvia, stevia, those are actually safe. The only dangerous one is xylitol. Now, this is only poisonous to dogs, not to cats. And cats are too self-respecting to eat sugar-free gum anyway. But if you see xylitol listed in the first five ingredients on that pack of gum, it's going to be a poisoning issue for your dog. When in doubt, if you're not sure how much xylitol is in that ingredient, sometimes you can call the company or when in doubt, call ASPCA so they can calculate if that amount of xylitol is going to be poisonous. Now, it's the dose that makes a poison with xylitol too. If your dog eats one piece of gum, honestly, it's unlikely to be an issue with xylitol. But we start to become worried when it approaches 0.1 grams per kilogram. And once we see that, we can actually see a life-threateningly low blood sugar, what we call hypoglycemia. So signs of hypoglycemia that your dog might show include walking really wobbly, being weak, vomiting, collapsing, having a really elevated or really slow heart rate, or just acting really listless. If your dog ingests massive amounts, so for a small dog, this could be one pack of gum, we worry about liver failure. And this is seen when xylitol is ingested in doses greater than 0.5 grams per kilogram. Signs of liver failure, yellow skin or jaundice, vomiting, really black tarry stool, not eating can develop. This typically doesn't develop until 24 hours after ingestion. So like I mentioned, just with any poison, you always want to contact your veterinarian right away or calculate it through the ASPCA to see if it's going to be a poisoning issue. With xylitol, I will oftentimes induce vomiting. Now, I don't usually give charcoal in the emergency room at the ER vet because charcoal does not bind well to xylitol. But if your dog ingested more than 0.1 grams per kg, I usually recommend hospitalizing your dog for at least 12 to 24 hours so I can treat them with IV fluids 
and IV sugar in those IV fluids. I'm also gonna monitor your dog's blood sugar or what we call blood glucose really carefully for about 12 hours. Gradually, we'll start to wean down the amount of IV sugar we're giving IV. And if the blood sugar is normal after 12 to 24 hours, then your dog's totally fine to go home. However, if your dog ingested a massive amount, again, greater than 0.5 grams per kg, that's when we're going to make sure to hospitalize your dog for at least 24 hours. And we will actually start liver protective drugs. Liver protective drugs are called hepatoprotectants. And these are drugs like N-acetylcysteine, or a drug called SAM-E or Denimarin. Thankfully, most owners are aware of the danger of xylitol, but this is also a danger I worry about around Halloween time. The last poison I wanted to talk about around Halloween time is the dangerous mouse and rat poison, what we call rodenticides. Now, as the weather gets cooler, Mice and rats start coming into the house to seek shelter in warmer locations. Unfortunately, the start of autumn or Halloween also means the start of mouse and rat poisoning in dogs and cats. There are several different types of active ingredients in mouse and rat poisons, and they all work and kill in different ways. So I always say if you have a dog or a cat or any kind of pet, please do not use mouse and rat poisons in your house or even in your yard. Your dog or cat will always find them, and we always worry about secondary poisoning. So the safest thing is to actually use snap traps. If your dog does get into mouse or rat poison or your cat gets into it, we can see different clinical signs depending on what type of active ingredient they got into. In a previous episode of ER Vet, we talked about rodenticide, so make sure to check out that episode for more information. But in general, some of the signs we can see include weakness, lethargy, difficulty breathing, seizures or tremors, generalized malaise from kidney failure, or even death. So I never like to use these poisons. The reason why I don't like to use them is not only the danger to your dog and cat, but it also really poses a risk to wildlife and birds of prey, like raptors or red-tailed hawks and owls. I'm a big birder, so again, we do worry when the mice are poisoned, then wildlife that ingest mice and rats also get poisoned. So again, consider using more humane snap traps instead. It's much safer to you, your dog and cat, and the environment. So this Halloween, I hope you have a really safe Halloween for you, your kids, and your four-legged kids. You always wanna make sure to keep that chocolate Halloween stash out of reach. Again, chocolate poisoning usually is seen when dogs get into the whole stash, but we always wanna calculate out how much theobromine your dog or cat got into. Remember, the darker and more bitter the chocolate, the more dangerous it's gonna be to your dog. Remember to keep raisins out of reach of your dog and cat because that can cause kidney failure. For you cat owners, Make sure not to use liquid potpourri, those ones that are heated up on a simmer pot or plugged in. Those contain essential oils that are really dangerous to your cat. If you have things like glow sticks or glow jewelry that you're using as part of your child's costume, make sure to keep those out of reach of your cat because your cat likes to chew into those. And again, that's the poisoning that you can treat at home by just rinsing out the mouth or bathing your cat. Keep sugar-free substances containing xylitol out of reach. And again, make sure your dog or your cat don't get into any type of mouse or rat poison. If you do see your dog or cat chewing on a piece of green or blue or tan mouse and rat poison, you always want to call your veterinarian, your ER vet, 
or the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center for life-saving advice. My advice, always pre-program your cell phone and your GPS with your veterinarian, your ER vet, and the ASPCA's phone number just in case your pet is accidentally poisoned. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.